crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. Have you been following the hashtags, by the way? Hashtag ranch it up. I'm all over this hashtag thing. I'm your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. Hashtag. A big thanks goes out to our partners, the American Cemental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads of Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Today we talk disease control, ranching schools, market recaps, and so much more. So without further ado, on to today's Cattle Battle. Let's get it on. Cattle Battle. Today's Cattle Battle is brought to you by Ranch House Coffee. Looking for that last-minute gift idea? Y'all better be on it. Just head to ranchhousecoffee.com. Hint, hint. Now, the days will be getting longer, but for some producers, we're moving into what some call it the, the long dark of winter, the dark days of winter. But I want to talk biosecurity, and I know that conjures up all sorts of images when you say biosecurity, but I'm talking about taking care of our critters, keeping them healthy, the biosecurity, and particularly our feedlot cattle. I have Dustin Hessman with us for today's Cattle Battle. Dustin is the Director of Marketing and Sales for Central States Testing in Sublette, Kansas. So, first and foremost, Dustin, thanks for being with us on the show. Biosecurity, first give us a definition of this as it relates to in the feed yard, in the feedlot, feeding cattle through the dark days of winter. So essentially biosecurity would be keeping out the pathogens, um, keeping them out of the pens, keeping them out of the processing barns, um, just essentially trying to keep everything away from the cattle. And that is the same, is it not? Uh, it, to me it is. I mean, if, you're, if we're feeding cattle, if we've got a feed yard, if we've, uh, if we've got right now, if we've got some cattle, if there's no snow on the ground, we're, we're fall and winter grazing, our cow herd, that's just a basic general concept though, right? It is. It is a very big umbrella. How do we do this properly in our feedlot cattle? Yes, on our place we have working facilities. Yes, we have a you know, we have a barn with our hydraulic chute and all that. And I guess we're kinda of lucky right there that we're out of the elements. But when it comes to the feed yard, eh, that's not in my wheelhouse. So let's start there when we tar- start, excuse me, talking biosecurity. How does that all work? Just break us through this. So biosecurity um, will have a bigger impact in the winter than it will in the summer. And the main reason being is pathogens survive longer in cooler, wetter environments. And so we're getting to this, you know, time of the year where, you know, very cool, you know, you have snow melting, things are very wet. So let's say you're feed yard cowboy you're on your horse checking pens you walk into one pen your horse is walking around in the mud if it has any pathogens on its hooves it's going to take it to the next pen you go check similarly in the processing barn so you know you got cattle coming up to snake you know you're you're processing 300 head today you have cattle, cattle coming up to snake you know you got manure mud up all over it um, those pathogens will survive there longer in the winter than they would in the summer so does this even relate to, I'm guessing it would, uh, say I'm, I'm, I'm 
feeding all my bulls for my bull sale this spring. I've got 150 yearling bulls, but I've got them in a few different pens. Would that be the same situation there, too, if I'm bringing those bulls up uh, to the processing barn because we're clipping the bulls or we're moving them to the picture pen? It's the same concept, right? It's exactly the same. Okay. Okay. And, to take, and to take it one step farther, Tigger, um, let's say you have a hired hand that actually works at another ranch. And so he's coming in to help you. Well, now he can be bringing in pathogens from that ranch to yours. Is it that common that that happens? I don't think I have seen any studies outright on that. Um, but it, how- could, it could happen, potentially. The, the danger's there, is what we're saying. Makes all the sense in the world that this could potentially happen. And kind of some word of warnings as we move into, I, I hate to say, the dark days of of winter. I'm already looking forward to spring. I was, <laughs> so we're, we're in trouble, brother, if that's how it's going to be. But this is uh, this is very important when we start talking about biosecurity, and it's very difficult. What I mean by very difficult is when we are visually appraising, and you knew I was going to go down this road, when we are visually appraising cattle in the feed yards, it takes a heck of a good set of eyes. It takes experience. That's a little tougher because right now everybody's listening of saying, yeah, Dustin, this makes sense, but how the heck are we going to control this when we have to, when we do know we've got a problematic animal, we do know we have to bring him up to the vet shack, we do know we have to treat that critter, we do know that we are going to have some of these biosecurity issues. So how do we deal with that when we know that that is inevitable? So the best way to mitigate you know, the chances of you spreading a pathogen will come down to a few main bullet points. A, vaccination. Make sure you have a vaccination program that is up to date and proper protocols in place. Um, You want to make sure you have proper nutrition. Um, Probably the third um, would be make sure your cattle are BVDPI tested. The main reason being, especially in the winter, pathogens survive longer. BVD can suppress the immune system of cattle up to 90%. And so, if BVDs are rounding up, the immune system of these cattle are suppressed, these pathogens are around longer, you can have a pretty big wreck because of that. And as we have talked before, BVD, that can cause, uh, like you said, can cause a pretty big wreck. That can cause all sorts of other uh, nasties that can occur in the herd, correct? Oh, it can, yeah. Uh, I was reading some studies the other day. Uh, 40% of all BRD cases were directly attributed because of BVD. Another study showed 62% of BRD cases were directly attributed because of BVD. So doing the BVD PI testing, that doesn't replace having a good set of eyes, and that's what I was bringing up before about you know, really uh, spending time, situational awareness. I've mentioned that many times before about spending time with those animals and really knowing those subtle little changes. It doesn't take away from that. All it does is amplify that, if you will, or give you another arrow in the quiver to keeping the critters safe and healthy and moving them into (laughs) spring. Exactly. Yes. BVD testing will not replace a bad vaccination program. BVD testing will not help if you have poor nutrition. Um, but whenever you couple all these things together, you know, you're giving the cattle a extremely good chance to perform at their best. And right now, given the way that everything has rocked our boat in 2020, I do believe very much that we need to take advantage of anything that we can 
that can give us a potential advantage because if there is a question mark on the horizon, granted I'm an eternal optimist, so are you, so is everybody I think in the cow business, of what 2021 and 2022 could potentially bring. But in all reality, being an eternal optimist is great, but we need to implement those practices that can give us some of those potential advantages. And of course, that's at Central States Testing you, uh, the director of marketing and sales, if I if I get it correct there, you folks can do this. You will talk with individuals. You will consult with them. You'll say, hey, let's put together a program that works for you to take control and to be proactive instead of reactive. Exactly. That's what we do best. Dustin, thank you, sir, and good to hear from you again. To get in touch with Dustin and visit to talk about biosecurity in your herd, which I encourage you all to do so. Like he was talking earlier, just head to CSTBVD for Central States Testing. That's CSTBVD.com. Up next, school is in session, still in session, at least the ranching kind. Watch RFD-TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD-TV now. Simply go to WatchRFDTV.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFDTV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to WatchRFDTV.com, sign up, and start streaming today. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me... It's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. To be known, you have to be seen. To be seen. You have to be noticed. Downtown Threads has us covered. They provide that upscale, stylish, noticeable custom embroidery design for premium clothing, apparel, and caps. They do it all for us. Downtown Threads Oklahoma has the graphic design team and knowledge to take your look to the next level and be seen. Call today, 580-237-7060, and follow on Facebook at Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Hashtag Tigger approved. Welcome back, everyone. It has not been an ordinary year for any of us and all of us affected by what is what is going on, even the kids, the wee ones. Is school going on, isn't it? Sports, distance learning, all of all of this going on. I was visiting with uh, some listeners here recently, and they said that they sure liked how their school system is on the four-day school week, so that means that they've got extra help on the operation on Fridays. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Now, amidst all of this, some schools have not missed a beat. Nothing. Now let's bring in Amy Bergens from Douglas County, Nevada. Amy, thanks for joining us. You emailed me a while back talking about ranch school, okay? About how all of your kids have or are attending this ranch school, if you will. Now tell us about this ranch school and why you say it has been so instrumental on helping develop your family. Ranch School is a working ranch that is, um, it's fairly small compared to some of the bigger ranches in our area, but it is a working ranch and the woman that owns the ranch um, invites the children 
weekly. So my kids go once a week, my 10 and 12 year old go once a week to her ranch and literally work on the ranch. So is this a, on the Saturday, maybe the kids go, or is this no, in the middle of the week, they go to quote unquote ranch school. So I, um, I have five children and my older three are adults but I have homeschooled all of my children. So it is a during the week, it's majority of the kids that go are homeschooled. However, she does have a handful of kids or a couple, I should say, of kids that, um, that their parents pull them out of school once a week to go to ranch school. Interesting. Well, okay, I'm going to come back to ranch school here in a little bit, and I want to go to this other topic that you said. All, you have homeschooled all five of your children. I have. How... Is that different now in this world of COVID, not COVID, as you and I were talking off air, or has it really affected you that much because this was something that you were used to of just having the family close by all the time? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, so it really hasn't changed our world. My kids are thrilled because the neighbor kids are now home during the day. Because oh, right. <laughs> they're either distance learning or they're going, you know, two or three days a week. So my kids are thrilled just to have neighbors to play with all the time. So it, it has not affected our world as far as homeschooling. I use my own curriculum, um, so I don't go through the school system. So it really hasn't hasn't affected our world as far as the schooling goes. Have you had maybe some friends and neighbors ask you, Amy, well, we're thinking of maybe doing this. Is it hard? Is it difficult? What do we do? How do we get into it? I probably had about 30 or 40 oh my moms reach out to me via Facebook knowing that I've homeschooled and graduated three out of my five children from not only high school, but college. And they wanted to know what it looked like. Wait, did you say college? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you say college as well? So one of the nice things about homeschooling in Nevada is that once they get to high school age, they can test into the community college and they can basically, it's called dual enrolling. A lot of states do it. Oh, um, it's okay. just really easy in Nevada. And so my kids have all graduated high school with their associate's degree, either associates of arts or associates of science. Now incorporating going back to ranch school. I just wanted to bring this full circle. This is a, this is fascinating. Congratulations all in one breath. So now adding the concept of ranch school I love it, into homeschooling. This is a whole nother dynamic that I think is wonderful. Well, and Miss Kim, who is the teacher, uh, she owns the ranch, and she incorporates so much more than them working on the ranch. They start out the day talking. They all have to talk about their week. So there's like speech and being able to put into words your feeling. And I wanted my kids exposed to that, and I don't live on property. So in order to do that, I'm taking them to ranch school, but the kids have to listen. They have to do what they're told the first time for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. It just, it teaches them respect. It teaches them leadership. She puts kids in charge of projects. There's always projects on a ranch, whether it's rebuilding a fence or cleaning a pond or mucking stalls or um, going and getting the eggs, uh, any, any stacking the hay. There's always a project leader. She always finds the kid that needs that leadership and puts them in charge of it and makes sure that they're um, comfortable in it by the time that they leave the ranch that day. So there's so much that goes into this school. I have four boys and then my youngest is a girl and she is, she was, I should say, very shy. She started ranch school when she was seven. She's 10 now and she was very shy and very quiet 
because she had four older brothers that always protected her and a mom that's very loud. So she never needed to talk. And Miss Kim has just pulled so much out of her that I knew was in there. So it's been an amazing program. Do you think that there will be more and more of these types of programs that start to pop up, especially when there are, like we had just mentioned a few minutes ago, so many people very curious and going down the road of homeschooling? Absolutely. I Her program has, she does ranch school, which is for school-age children, but she also has a kinder ranch program which is the three to five year old. Oh my so gosh. she takes very young children and she teaches them all of these life skills that are just going to go with them their entire life. And there's one thing that we obviously both know is the lessons that young people can learn, especially around animals, of learning humility, patience, caring, generosity, sensitivity, responsibility, discipline, commitment, I mean, love, compassion, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But those are Uh tremendous, tremendous experiences that young, not just young people, us our age too, that Uh go through all the time with those animals. So I think that that is a tremendous program, especially when, uh, I'm going to say for the young people where they are maybe misplaced right now where where they're back in school or like you said maybe it's they're in school on a on a Tuesday and a Thursday but then they're distance learning on a Friday but then they don't understand how come they they can't play football this year because of this and then I mean there mm-hmm. is so much upside down in a lot of these young people their worlds have been shaken apart of so much so to put something very pure in front of their hands uh in their hands where they can touch feel but most importantly i think focus where they aren't thinking about all of these other things is absolutely a wonderful and fascinating approach to learning and education absolutely every single thing that you just said is absolutely why my kids go so i think that there's more of these out there that people are just not aware of so it's a a great opportunity Miss Amy Bergen's great, great story, and thank you so much for reaching out to us. You can share your stories with us, too. Ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Got it good. Market information when we come by. I love this time of year. It's busy, exciting, nerve-wracking all in one. And now that we're getting ready to run those calves across the scale, ask yourself, is it really working? Did it really work? It's not about pounds, it's about profit. Sim and Sim Genetics, the science breed. The science of genetic improvement is at the core of the breed's existence, period. Profit through science. That's Simmental. It works. You asked for it, you got it. Watch the Cowboy Channel anytime, anywhere with the Cowboy Channel Plus. Live stream the Cowboy Channel or watch your favorite PRCA rodeos on demand. Classic PRCA rodeos added weekly. Get the Cowboy Channel Plus for only $9.99 a month or save 25% by signing up for a full year. Visit CowboyChannelPlus.com to sign up and start streaming today. 
And Shaylee Stewart, Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaylee, how are you? Are you staying warm? What's happening? What's the beat? What's the word? What's the news? What's hot? What's not? One, two, three, go. <laughs> it's almost Christmas, Digger. Everything is good here. You know, you and I were talking off air, and you guys actually have been colder than us, even though we're up here in northern Wyoming. But, man, we I, I we say this every year, but December is just kind of like this banana belt. It's like before the before those seasons really turn to winter, we just soak up the little bit of sunshine that there is in the day, and there's not too much wind, knock on wood, even for Wyoming right now. And so we're just living in a, in a good little slice of paradise. <laughs> I got to tell you the story. I put this meme out on Facebook, and uh, a lot of you know this that are listening right now. It was, uh, what was it, last week? And it was a picture of a frozen water tank. And, <laughs> oh, you know, ch- yeah, chopping the ice. <laughs> And this thing, I mean, this went viral all over the place, and people were commenting. I mean, made some people just blasted mad. <laughs> I don't blame oh. them. You know, I absolutely don't blame them because, Shaylee, I hate to say this because it, it's we're not even at Christmas yet, but I have got spring fever. We are in such trouble. <laughs> Tigger's going to be in the hurt back. I have got such spring fever. I just, I don't know. I want to move into calving season. You know, bull sale season. Is, Amen, is, is, I mean, it's already here, but I mean, for right. the yearlings, it's going to be in a few more weeks. I just, I, I'm excited. I, I, well, I want, <laughs> I want the cold to be over. Is what I'm saying. Right. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing. And you know what? There are some good little tidbits that we get to love and absorb through the cold weather, that being bull sales and calving season. Yeah. So, you know what? Bring them on. Let's get this 2020 crap wrapped up. That way yes. we can get to 2021. Exactly. So I'm ready for it if you are. Boom. One, two, three, go. Awesome. Well, hey, let me get you caught up because uh, basically my sentiments about how I feel about 2020 haven't changed. Unfortunately, last week, Packers just went ahead and grabbed the marketplace or hold, they hold the leverage right now and they were able to just kind of get under feedlot skin last week. And so early in the week, I'm and I mean early, as early as Tuesday, Tigger, there were fat cattle trading. And that is just so hard to watch because then guess what happened later in the week? the futures market started trailing stronger and we weren't able to move the cash cattle market higher because we had already set a precedent for lower prices. So really frustrating that the cash market wasn't able to hold at least steady, but instead um, actually saw a regression. So in the Southern Plains, live cattle traded for $1.06 to $1.08, mostly at $1.08. That was anywhere from $2 to $2.50 lower. And in the Northern Plains, dress cattle sold for $1.65 to $1.70, mostly at $1.00. 68 and that was four dollars lower so i think that we just really need to remember that the that dancing around the holidays is a really hard time for cattlemen cattlemen of all sectors you have to look at feedlots you have to look at backgrounders and and stalkers and you have to look at cow calf producers because adversely on the feeder calf side we saw a huge movement huge receipts last week it was an absolutely phenomenal movement of cattle and they traded anywhere from five dollars lower to five dollars higher so as we're seeing kind of two different spectrums of the marketplace during this holiday time we have to remember that Okay, feedlots, what is what needs to be your goal rolling into 2021? And that needs to be securing as much market um, leverage and position as possible. Now, obviously, that's always the goal of every sector. But in regards to feedlots, hold your ground. And remember that the cattle are your assets. So if the market's not giving you an opportunistic time to, to really shine that asset, my friends, hold out. 
wait till longer because the good times are coming. If, but for the feeder cattle side of things, I have to actually caution our friends who are looking at selling because I had a great market mentor of mine tell me that, Shaylee, don't you ever, ever, ever sell cattle two weeks before a big holiday simply because those cattle are bought, then they have to be trucked somewhere, and then they have to be processed, and then those two weeks are bought up, and you have, um, you know, those folks in the feedlots or in, in the wherever they're at in the, in the stock ground world, and guess what? They're processing cattle the week of, of Christmas or the week of Thanksgiving, and, and that they want to break, very happy and they want to break too. Yeah, they want to break exactly. too from everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it, we have to look at the market, and we really have to say, okay, what side of the industry am I standing on, and when do I need to push? When do I need a pause? And when do I need to realign and focus? And so that that largely Tigger, that was last week. The only other thing that we really need to talk about, I really want to drive in and hone the point that packers are continuing to process cattle. I mean, goodness gracious, last week we saw a robust harvest. It was upwards of 666,000 head, so well above 650,000 head. So my friends, do not be fooled. They continue to process cattle because guess what? They are moving tons of product. Now, it's not for necessarily good prices but holy smokes last week another aspect that really waned on the fat cattle market was these box beef prices last week choice cuts averaged two dollars and 20 cents that was down 19 dollars and 93 cents from the previous week and select cuts averaged two dollars and two cents that was down 19 dollars and three cents from the previous week but listen to this there was a movement in 913 loads so that tells you that packers are pushing this product and when they push product they need product to come back in and so that that really should help our cash cattle market um, enthusiasts as we move into 2021. Shaylee Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaylee, thank you so much. And I look forward to visiting with you next week as we get closer to Christmas. <laughs> awesome. You and Beck have a good week. Take care, my friend. Hopefully next week I'm able to say we held the cash cattle market steady, but I'll give it to you however it is. So thank you and we'll chat again soon. And that's a wrap-up for today's show, a big ranch it up. Thank you to Dustin Hessman with Central States Testing, Amy Bergens for sharing her story about ranch school, appreciate it, and Shaylee Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Crew, so glad y'all are coming along with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com, and call us 24-7 at 707-RANCH20. Spread the good word and join us again next week. It's always Tigger approved. And for those of us who live at the end of dirt roads, stay ranchy and ranch it up. I have about a half a dozen questions, quick like, as we talk cattle, selling cattle, selling feeder cattle. Are you finally done with the drama? Do you really want to know what drives profit in those calves? What could drive profit in those calves? Is it time for services that are for the real world that work today as well as tomorrow? If your bull purchases don't come with genetic predictions from International Genetic Solutions, You need to ask why not. 
Here's another question you need to ask. Why isn't your seed stock supplier using the most advanced approach to genetic evaluation in the business? We have all been through enough, but we need a little bit more. On my outfit, it's real simple. We use genetic partners that value our dollars as much as we do. IGS, International Genetic Solutions. Ask for it. Why? Because it works.